What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is the hilarious Mr. Ari Shafir. He's a stand-up comic out of Los Angeles. Uh, he was in San Diego to do a weekend at the Comedy Store in La Jolla um, and was kind enough to sit down with me and shoot the shit. Uh, the Comedy Store also was kind enough to let me use the green room there to uh, to do the interview, so I'm... Uh, I'm I want to send a, a big shout out to them. And if you're in San Diego and want to see good comedy, they're doing shows, you know, four or five days out of the week. You can get a, a really fun, entertaining night for not a lot of money. And uh, and you'll be supporting uh, people who are out there working, doing their thing, and uh, supporting themselves with their art. So uh, go out there and support stand-up comedy. Um, all these guys are really amazing. Ari uh, sat down with me and we, we talked about comedy, nationalism, podcasting, personalities, storytelling, Shroomfest, Joey Diaz, Pink Floyd, Doug Stanhope, Jiu-Jitsu, Voices in Your Head, Connections, and The Hundredth Monkey Effect. So as always, make sure you go check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the blog and you'll get all the information about each artist and uh, guest that's been on the show um, and all the links to the work that they do so you can find all their stuff online. You can also donate to the podcast via the blog there. You'll see a PayPal icon, and just click the icon. It'll bring you through. It'll, it'll take you right to the donation page, and you can donate to the show if you feel so inclined to do so. Um, all the monies go right back into the show, making it better, doing upgrades and, and shit like that. So, um, with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Ari Shafir. Alright, thank you for joining me, Mr. Ari Shafir. I appreciate your time. Oh, we were today. going already? Yeah, we're going. I had to set it up. That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's like informal, you know what I mean? It's I was like, trying to paste it and get one of my Twitter programs to work to send it out. And it nah, so really I stopped it a couple times. We had it going. Oh, right. So, uh, welcome back to San Diego. I've uh, I've caught a bunch of your shows here. I think the last four or five sets, you know, I yeah. saw you um, at the House of Blues and the last three or four times you played here. Um, how do you like playing San Diego? I like it. I like this place a lot. Um, the Comedy Store. It's a real good room. It's set yeah. up really well, and they got the, the crowds are really good right now. They're they're not like um, for a while they got kind of out of control, just loud drunks, yeah, just screaming. It became like less enjoyable to, to play, but now they're like into comedy and everyone's having like a better time. Do you find that same thing in Los Angeles in comparison to the crowds? Is there is there a more um, like genuine uh, knowledge of the art form in Los Angeles because it's more oh, yeah. prominent. Yeah, well, you'll have it's just percentages of people that are like this. Like, let's say twenty black people walk in to the room, it's suddenly like a black room. That's yeah. just that's how it's going to be in a crowd of thirty. That's just it's going to change the environment so percentage wise. Yeah. You know, but if twenty walk into a crowd of you know two thousand, it doesn't do anything to the makeup of the room or a very small amount. Yeah. But if you get a couple fans of out of a you know thirty or forty people on a regular weekday in LA. A couple people that like know comedy, it just raises the sort of overall like understanding a little do you, bit. Do you think uh, it seems to be? I don't know if it's just. It, it seems like one of those things where like when you buy a car, you see the car around. But do you feel like there's a, a resurgence of comedy sort of building back up? Do you yeah, think that something different I, is happening? Yeah, I feel it. I don't know because I've heard about this like for the last ten years. Everybody keeps saying, "Oh, comedy's coming back." As you can tell, comedy's coming. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
the crowds are the same size and dwindling. You know, the same rate they always are. Yeah. But, um, so I don't know if it's just as people like getting better, they start noticing oh, the, cr the crowds are better. It's like, no, no, you're better. So you're doing better with the crowd. So I don't know if that's me now going like, this is probably the best I've ever been in stand-up. So like now I've noticed people are cooler crowds because I'm making them cooler crowds. Or is it that everyone has access to the internet and so many clips so fast that you can really become sort of savvy on comedy really fast? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's something like it seems like the creativity levels are rising as well. And, and I'm, do, I'm from, a, from an artist standpoint, mm -hmm. I've noticed and I talk about I talk to this about this on the podcast all the time, but it's almost like a 9-11 hangover took place and it took like 10 years for us to like come out of that oh yeah like i because i felt this same and maybe it's what you're saying like that ebb and flow of like it just every 10 years we're at a lull and a high because right before like around the end of the 90s it seemed like the same sort of thing um in the art community anyway i don't know uh, if it, it's the same did, of what of uh, good and bad like, well, of like, you know, like a greater appreciation, maybe better work coming out, more uh, like a tighter knit community happening. Yeah. And it felt like when 9-11 hit, like some of that sort of dispersed because people were less concerned about community and more oh. like turned mm. inward a little bit. Yeah, maybe. I just, I'm just noticing more people get into it now. I don't know. They so they turn inward, so everyone just shut in, you mean? They yeah. Sort of like, I don't know. I always thought everyone came like super American after that. That's 9-11. Yeah, but I think that... Uh, that. But, it, you know, when we think about what Super American is, it's not really, like, no, rallying like pro, around the family. Yeah. It's rallying around your house and your goods and yeah. the things that... Like, holding tight to the things that you have. Like, that's really yeah. what... No, I mean, just people became, like, like pro-America. They were like, yay, I'm an American. Like, yeah, out with yeah. it. They, they sure. claim Team America a bunch. Sure. And I think it... But I guess that, that lasted for, like, a year. And then that yeah, was maybe that's the thing. It's yeah. like... I, and I talk to um, performers a lot about this, like that that same high and low that happens from when you're on stage at that biggest peak high of, you know, entertaining the crowd and, and really hitting your marks and getting in that groove, then going back to the hotel and going to sleep or getting on the bus and driving, like there's a, there's a weird high and low that happens with that, especially with like musicians who just destroy a crowd. Then they go get on the bus with some stinky dudes and go yeah. to the next town. Yeah, like exactly. There's a... There's an excitement that builds, and then once you get that high, it's a far yeah. drop off the other side. So maybe well, that, that American song. thing, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. we're all we're all together. And then it was like, no, fuck everybody. And then like, oh no, oh yeah, and we fell off the other I edge. Did. And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just the support for creativity that changes in times like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a it's a possibility. I mean. Do you think that same thing happened with Osama? Like another well, one? Well, no, of those? I, remember, I remember with everybody when it happened, people were like <coughs> chanting USA all the time. But it was like, Fucking it was sort of like, scary. oh yeah, I forgot about that. We used to do that. Like, do you, uh, in 2001. I keep, I keep a cheat sheet with me. No, that's okay. So I was just saying, like, I if I get this. an idea, that's why I, I don't want to write on that. I'd rather just quickly jot it down, like, get back to this. Like, yeah. if somebody's on a good story. Yeah, so let's start. You do a podcast as well, which uh -huh. is with is something I've, I've mostly wanted to talk to you about because I think what for me what reser what is resurging comedy like my entertainment, uh -huh. or, you know, my getting entertained by it yeah. has been. And I was talking earlier with dude about how I get to know people personally now through these, through these, these podcasts, podcasts that, yeah. you know? and. What I've learned doing artwork is that there's something really um, necessary about 
a collector knowing your personality type. Mm-hmm. And as a painter, I'm in the studio by myself all the time. You know, not, I'm not out there communicating with people besides these like cryptic pictures that I'm making. But as I do this podcast, I'm letting out a lot of these uh, personal stories, which I think yeah. is natural for comedians. So you've been doing well. It's itch- yeah. Like how much do they have to know your personality? It's that argument we used to have in English department all the time. It was like it was like modern. I forgot the two types. Where it's like one, you take what the author, how they live into into mind. Uh-huh. And the other, new criticism was one, and I forgot the other. Modern. I'm a high school dropout. I, oh, really? I, I examine all those things, and I read, I, I consider myself to be intelligent. People tell me I'm smart. Yeah. But it's fine. I, I actually, yeah. I dropped out of school and just oh, went cool. right into making yeah, art. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> yeah. I'm but no, I know what you're... And but, the other is like, the work is the work, and you shouldn't know a goddamn thing about the artist, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. What's on the page or what's on the, the canvas or what's on, on the stage, that's the only thing that matters. Sure. But like when you see like Richard Pryor talk about like burning out his hair and stuff like that, like catching fire when he was smoking crack or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like he was a celebrity enough that most people knew what that happened to him already. He didn't have to introduce that to a crowd like a normal comedian has. Yeah. So it's, then it becomes like your personality has to be taken into account. Because yeah. he's thinking that you know it before he brings those things up. Yeah, and it, it makes the audience, I think, in terms of podcasting and now getting to know so many comedians are utilizing the yeah. the the technology that it's it's given me a greater appreciation of the art form once they're performing. Yeah. Where sometimes like I I would be not that interested in the, the or not as interested as maybe I am now. Like I wanna I wanna hear where the personal stories turn into an art form. And yeah. I think people want to do the same thing with painting, which I'm learning more and more is, is there's some truth to it. And I think as artists, we go through those two things, like that English thing. Like, one, it's like, I'm just making the work. Whatever happens goes out there and happens. I'm not going to fuck with it. The work yeah. is the important part, which, of course, it is. But at the same time, if you want to be a professional at this art form and do this work, yeah. you have to take care of that other side. And, yeah, and people really do want to know if... It's almost like people want to know if you're legit or if you're just talking shit. Yeah. Well, the podcast part, that's okay. That's easy to do. But any sort of business stuff on the other side, like trying to get people to come out, or I don't know any of that. You know, <laughs> yeah, I hate yeah. it. I don't know what to do. Sure. But if it's just... Shooting the shit on a podcast, and it's, that's a, that's okay. And what's interesting is that turns into the work. Yeah, and that oh, yeah, actually you get, does you get material out of it, stuff like that. I've gotten jokes out of there. Sure. If people write me on like Twitter or something and like quoted one of my lines I said like off the cuff, I'm like, oh yeah, that was a good line. Yeah, I could I could put that in that joke. All right, yeah. that'll that actually work. Well, speak, well, before podcasting, what uh, what kind of stuff? How did you? I I think it's really interesting, like how comedians figure out something's funny uh-huh. and then are able to ch- pick that piece and take it to a stage spot or yeah. be able to captivate a crowd with a certain story. Yeah. Because we all have moments in life where you say something and everybody around you laughs and it's funny. Yeah, it's like how but how do that? you turn yeah. that into a dialogue with people who aren't talking back to you? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's fun to like have a story. Like A story, when you hear it, most of the times when somebody tells you a story that something just happened, it's super short. It's like, dude, Tom and I just came from this. This lady was fucking nuts. <laughs> she was just screaming at us. We didn't do anything. We got the fuck out of there. And that's it. Yeah. But then if you're going to tell, like, really, not in, like live, but like embellish, like add, like, you know, flower it up a little bit. And it's like this lady, her breath smelled like, there's a comparison there. You know, you can, that's a joke. Yeah. Whatever it is. 
we got out of the car, we're driving his shitty, like, what the details are you going to include now that you have time to think about it? Yeah, then you'll make a story, like, way better and easier to listen to. That's the work part of it. Well, I think so, what I like about your work and your comedy is that there is those, like, I, I, I appreciate storytelling. Yeah. Like, I could sit down and just listen to funny stories. Like, I don't yeah. I don't even necessarily have to have that, like, comedic rhythm that we get, a, that I see a lot or hear a lot of, like... Ba-boom, 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 Yeah. Ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. Right. Like, I don't need, like... Yeah, it's like, different in the story. Once you get the crown on your side with it, like, into that cadence, then it becomes, like, they require less punchlines per second. And it's just sort of like we want to hear the details. You got to get them in the, in the wave, like, away from that ba-boom, ba-boom. And I think that's what's so great about podcasting, too, is you get those full stories. Yeah. And and not only that, like... The podcasts aren't as funny as, like, straight stand-up, but they're very interesting. Yeah, anyways, you know, super, super interesting. Like to get, in, you know, like hearing certain people have having opinions that are correlated to other people's, or you know, uh, for a listener, mm-hmm. hearing an idea or like a, a personality type almost become valid. It, be, it becomes validated if you hear something in a group of people that you know that there's other people out there that are sort of like way. you, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Or that experience some of the same emotions that maybe if they hear a live set, maybe they're not going to get that same experience. Oh, no, you won't because you only have this like, stuff you're supposed to talk about. When you let your guard down and whatever, whatever top comes up, that's what you end up getting to. Yeah. Well, then you get your real feelings on something. But and when you have pre-written stuff, it's like, how do I look in this? I don't want to come off looking like a... Like a molester or whatever, <laughs> whatever the details of the story are. But you can decide how to tell it and not, and it's sure you're a little bit guarded. Yeah. When you're just talking, it's like, here's, I don't know, here's how I really feel about stuff. And yeah, you can match up with people. Speaking of, we're in the green room at the comedy store. It kind yeah. of, it's a little molesty yeah, in here. <laughs> Slightly. It's a, it's a black room in here. Is uh, our green room, yeah, the black green room, are, are rooms like this around the country? Is it, yeah. Is it similar? Most, most clubs have a, some are way nicer than this. Some are jankier than this. Some are just in the back of a manager's office. There's one you got. There's a few where you got to walk through the kitchen, and it's like just sort of a. It's not like the good fellow scene. Yeah, no, it's not like nice like that. Where it's like hello, Mister. You go. You go to the next. Uh... Yeah, just slapping palms the whole way through, just yeah. tipping people out. No, just gross. You're hoping to get some like digestible food. Yeah. Right. You. uh... Your storyteller shows you do up in Los Angeles all the time, which we were talking yeah. about storytelling and podcasting. Um, is that do you do you look at that as a sort of separate art form, like sitting down and writing something like that, or organizing those things? Yeah, well, organizing is different. Not an art form. It's just like how to sure. find people to come do them, and you know, then get people to come watch them. Stuff that I don't, I'm not really good at. I'm not trained. But at. you're still sort of like curating that. Yeah. Do you have? I mean, I'm sure you take into account like these people will fit together or like uh, you got to find people that have stories to fit well, yeah. a certain topic yeah. right for instance there's times I mean I asked my friend Rick Ingram I was like uh, uh, as a comic in LA uh, we had a psychedelic episode which is psychedelic joke shows like stories mm-hmm. we, we did that that's the only topic we did like twice we covered like twice because you know, like, there's so many people like oh, I want to be a part of that but yeah like, I, I, I would have one I'm not yeah. a comedian yeah. I would have one <laughs> but I asked him I was like hey do you have any like acid or mushroom stories or anything and and he was like, no, no, I don't have anything. I was like, really? You don't do that stuff? And he goes, no, I mean, I've done it plenty of times. I just don't, nothing crazy. I'd never gotten to a, a story. I mean, crazy shit happens, but nothing crazy happened to my body. Uh-huh. You know? And I was like, well, thanks for telling me that. And then we have one about heartbreak that I knew he moved to L.A. because some fucking 
girl cheated on him, and I'm like, and that was a good story. I'm like, that I know, I've already heard that story. Yeah. So that one, and then Mark Maron, I just said, are you available? Because he's constantly breaking up with people. You know, that's just who <laughs> For he the is. the heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, hey, are you in town this day? I don't even. I know you have stories. You know, like Bill Burr, I, we did a sports one, and I was like, hey, are you in town? He's like, no, I'm not. So I was like, fuck. He goes, which one was like sports? He goes, ah, oh, I have so many of those. I'm like, I know. Yeah. That's why I could ask you, like, certain people you would know. And other people surprise you. Well, see, to, to me, there's a certain level of, of an art form of pulling those people together. Because you are sort of, like, fixing it to, to fit a sort of organization. I mean, there's people in the in the art world, that, like museum curators, yeah. that are picking certain people to... And it's things. who I find funny. I'm not booking people I don't really yeah, find funny. Yeah, right, right. So course. it's like, I, I have a certain sense of humor... And the stuff that makes me laugh is going to be towards that sense of, you know, I like a little dirtier. I'm not, I'm not super Christian-y. You know, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need, I, I certain things I look for in stand-up that other people don't, which are either one's valid, you know? Yeah. But so, yeah, it's going to be closer to what I find funny. Right. Than right. what you might. <laughs> so. Well, speaking, of, uh, you you mentioned um, psychedelics. We're we're coming up on Shroom Fest here. Yeah, I want to talk soon. about. Yeah, was it June eighteenth through eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. June eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. Yeah. And uh, what was the what was the catalyst for getting this sort of? I was thinking that people should do some fucking mushrooms. That was it. They're always good. And it was like, let's just get a day where everyone just fucking does it. Let's just make a fucking party. Let's make this happen. Well, because first I was thinking I wanted to do some. Me and Diaz did some acid once. I went to see Pink Floyd play the wall, or whatever's left of Pink Floyd. Yeah. Play the wall. But we couldn't get tickets. Went to Scalp on the last day. It was in L.A. Yeah. Um, and the tickets were crazy expensive. Like, we heard they were ticket price or lower for the Scalpers, like, the rest of the days. Because they weren't, like, sold out. Yeah. But the last day. Anyway, so we didn't get anything. And we walked around downtown L.A., and then everything hit. Like, we weren't Ooh. even tripping. So we're like, what's the point of going in and spending 300 bucks on shitty seats? We're not even tripping. This acid was shitty. Yeah. yeah and then we walked around, we're like, oh, fuck. Um, but then we were thinking about like where to do like what a good place to do them would be. And I was at beach probably to acid. And then I my friend his parents have a beach house in Malibu. And I was like oh what about there? And I was like we should get like, a bunch of people. But then I have to invite him too because it's his you know. Sure. So I was like let's get a bunch of people. I'm like no but people aren't gonna do acid. So I was like what about mushrooms? Let's just get a bunch of people together to do mushrooms. And I was like but why just stop with us? Let's just everybody just fucking do mushrooms at the same time. I don't know it just kind of spiraled. Yeah, and, and so then, you just wanted to build off of, off of that one moment. Yeah, and just like let's just all fucking do it across the world. And I'm like, who? I think I put online a little bit, like on social media. I was like, who wants to do some shrooms? And people are like, I do. And I'm like, let's make a whole fucking thing about this then. And then I I planned a day in like mid May or something, and all these kids are like, no, no, we have finals. Like it's our. I was like, all right, well let me not leave people, right. anybody else. I'm like, let me go after high school's done. You know. And all the college kids even are all stressed out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, you don't want to do it when you can't do it. Yeah. It's, you want to have time for it. If you've got shit to do, if you have a report due, and you can't take time out, don't fucking do anything. Yeah. Like, get your shit done. Yeah, it's, you I mean, have a it's, good time. it's a serious experience. Yeah. For, you got you got to take some time to to be able to deal with all of it. And, and it's digest. Oh, it takes I another day to be like, well, all those things yeah. I was thinking. Like, I need I, those. A lot of those are valid things. It's funny. I um, I just got back into hallucinogens, which I experimented a ton when I was like sixteen. Really? To, I never did anything back then. Sixteen to nineteen. Wow. And there was one summer that we were doing LSD and mushrooms like almost every weekend for a really? summer. Wow. And you know. At the time, I was just trying to get fucked up, mostly and sort of get mm-hmm. disconnected from reality. Yeah. But at the same time, as a, I was still an artist, you know, I've been an artist my whole life, 
and whatever that fucking means. I've been a person yeah. who makes things, you know, to deal with my own mentality. Um, so I think I pick things up in it, you know, like as, with a, a slightly more mature mind. But at around 20 something, I did one mushroom trip that was just like draining. And I was like, ah, that's probably going to be it. It was like around 22 or 23. Yeah. And then I started listening to Rogan. Yeah. And hearing hearing stories and thinking about using hallucinogens with a mature mind, like an actual, a grown, matured mind yeah. of a man. Yeah. Like, it was enticing for me to go re-explore a bunch of those things that yeah. I know I experienced. I just didn't know how yeah, to. Yeah, you have a better way to uh, analyze it. Once you're at a certain age, too, you start realizing you're wrong a lot. You know, that's a possibility that you yeah. could be wrong. Yeah, you know? a and lot. And so then... With that in mind, trying to take these things that really make you look at everything honestly, knowing you can be like, oh, that's a mistake I'm making in life. I want to change that. I want to change when, And also when you're like 16 or 17, you know, you barely understand the world as it is. Yeah. So you're just trying to figure shit out. You've got most of it figured out at a certain point. Yeah. 28. Like, but nothing it, really surprises you about life. You're still observing stuff more, but nothing's surprising you. Yeah. It yeah. took till my 30s. And then I was like, shit, I want to, I want to re-explore these, yeah. these versions of the mind. And it's been really eye-opening. And part of listening to podcasts and doing these hallucinogens, and it, it's allowed me to be more open, not only about myself, but, to, well, to be more honest to myself and the people around me. Yeah. So, like, now I feel like there's, like, like it's so weird to have this discussion knowing that it's going out live on the Internet. A bunch of hundreds of people are going to listen to it. Uh, I normally would, a few years ago in my late 20s, I wouldn't be having this discussion knowing that people would listen to it. Oh, right. But now there's like a freedom. I, I there's turn something it out. happening. I turn it out. I don't think about anybody listening. I, yeah. Because it gets weird. Because then I'll start thinking about my parents listening. No, that's it. like, ah, oh, fuck. Dude, I couldn't talk I, about any of the stuff I just talked about. I brought my mom to the Doug Stanhope show that he was did it here. here, right? Yeah, I played How it was here. It packed? Was it packed? Yeah. 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 It was great. I was so fucking uncomfortable yeah, having my mom. moms with me. You know, I, I knew that there was probably going to be some weird moments. And, yeah. I, and from his because old material... Because he says material, stuff you don't feel like hearing around your mom. You don't want her knowing you're listening to this. Well, what's even or more laughing. uncomfortable is knowing what she's laughing about oh. while I'm laughing. She had a great He's time. talking about doing lines off a of fucking hooker's Dude, ass. she was loving it. She was dying. Really and she what? she had been... had uh, Her husband died uh, at the end of last year. And, you know, it's been having rough times. Like, just dealing with life. Yeah. And, you know, I wanted to bring her out and just be like, you know, have have some fun, yeah, Moss. Never, right? Never bring my mother to stand <laughs> she, she, she died the whole time. She had a great time. Like, laughed her ass off. But I was just like, I want to laugh. Oh, I don't really want to laugh. This makes me uncomfortable. Uh -huh. It was very strange. I, I won't do it again. But uh, I was oh, glad uh, that <laughs> I was glad that she had. I watched time. a fish called Wanda with my dad, and um, there was a sex scene in it. But it was a funny sex scene. But even that, I was so repressed that it was like, and I was like fourteen or fifteen. It, yes. it was, I was like, oh, this is so weird. Well, it, it sh the show opened with um, a girl. I think her name was Christina. Christina, I, what? I, I, fuck, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, a heavy set blonde girl that works at a porn shop. Okay, I'll stand up. Gets weirdos. Yeah. <sighs> That was it. Got rough right out the gate. She wasn't good. No, no, she was funny. Oh, but she got like. But the, it was the, all the it was material. all sex humor. Oh yeah. So like that was so the most uncomfortable. Right yeah. So like the the political and sort of like national humor and sort of some of like the topical stuff, like the sort of socio political things. Yeah, that, we about, that was easier. Yeah, that's that's perfect. And yeah. we're she's 
she's as open as I am. Like she's really liberal and and honest and that sort of thing. So it's like nothing's really gonna shock her. It's just kind of fucking weird. For social commentary. Doug Stanhope is to me like the the, the um, social political type commentary. He's like the guy to listen to. Yeah, it was. He you it know? was. Really I think it was like more about their life or about like political stuff. You know, this president or this whatever. But like for the social sort of politics that he does. Yeah, the sort of yeah. underbelly about what all of that stuff does to society yeah. is is really interesting. Yeah, the freedoms we have. I um, are you doing any jujitsu? I kind of stopped. Yeah, you, I got you, hurt. You were talking about it the other day, right? The kettlebells. You had yeah, yeah. I think I might. Have but you got hurt that. in jujitsu. But it was like hurting jits, and then I would get like staff. I got staff twice. And Fuck, ring, dude! I'm so nervous about about staff infection. And people are like you're dirty. It's like I'm not dirty. It's just because these fucking mats that they're, they're not clean, and they rub up against your. Like I've done the research. You're not. It's not because of any. It's just because of this. Scrape that's getting in your scrape, and their scrape doesn't yeah. mesh with your scrape. It's like football players always. It doesn't. It just and you just get and it's like annoying. Did you do gi and no gi? Just no gi. Just no gi. Yeah, with Eddie Bravo. It seems like it, gi. You get scratched a lot with the gi. Yeah, just I can see the that being abrasion. A lot yeah, you just get mat burn a lot. Your yeah, face is getting shoved into the mat. Yeah. You just get scraped. You know how it is. I uh, um, I just started two 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 and a half months ago. You started. Yeah, okay. I'm training at the Nogara Gym at Black House up oh, here, nice. okay. which is up in Miramar. Okay, it's uh, it's great, man. I'm it's it's helping my mind more than it's helping. Yeah, it's my cool. Body. It's a great way to work out. You first, you're completely drained. Every every muscle. It's not just your upper body load. It's every muscle you're yeah. using, and you, they're all completely drained to zero. Yeah, it's gnarly. Yeah, it's, it's I, a good I'm loving it though. It's are your a, arms? Are you a little AIDS patient yet? Of the little dots, yeah. the little red dots, yeah. People holding you down. I get them. People from, hold you down like this, and they, and now I might use. I wasn't used oh, to it, so I just get these. The, I, no, like bruises, like bruises, like bruises. Yeah, like an AIDS. Fucking, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get them from the gi, from the sleeve. Getting uh, holding it. Oh, really? That they look like, um, like the Gorbachev head uh-huh. spots. <laughs> it's, it's like what the fuck? But no, there's all sorts of weird jujitsu bruises. But I'm getting weird jujitsu muscles too. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. That's kind of cool. And it's great for me because. I'm so often sitting in a chair, crunched over a canvas or a piece of wood, and it's yeah. just—it's not fucking healthy, man. You gotta get out, and fucking move around. I had surgery, I had knee surgery, and then I came back, and I was doing it for a while. Once I was able to come back, and then I, I tweaked my knee again, and then it was like, almost like, what are you doing? Do you, you want to limp forever? Because now that's in, that's in the in the realm of possibility now. Yeah. That you're gonna limp forever if you get hurt again. So right now I'm at like 99.5 percent. Every once in a while I could feel it. Doesn't hurt, like, if, and just to remind me, like, your knee isn't like that's the only one you got. Yeah, you get sort of once bitten, twice shy. Yeah, like yeah. I don't want to blow anything out for this. I'm fucking. I almost. Got, I thought I was gonna get hurt the la- my last roll. We, were, I was working with a, a big. It seems like every guy is bigger than me. Yeah. Of course, like everyone yeah, outweighs me too. by thirty pounds. And we were working on some stuff after class, just rolling around and. He, I was like trying to do one move and I stood up and he was like, well, if you do that, I'm going to do this and grab my pant legs and pushed me back. But my feet stayed where they were. So I ended up sitting like opposite Indian style oh. with my feet out and sat straight down with my knees oh, to weird. the ground, you know, yeah. like, like that. Yeah. Camera can't and see like my... Your, 
They're moving so you yeah. can't stop it. Yeah, I thought, wow, I'm going to break both of my knees right now. This isn't going to be fun. But I jumped right up, and I, I guess just being limber from the from the full class, yeah. I was able to not Oof. get too hurt. But I felt it in my knee the next That's, day. Yeah, as soon as I feel any sort of thing, immediately when I was rolling, I was like, ooh, that might have tweaked a little bit. I just stop. I don't push it. I don't get hurt worse. I'm like, yeah. let me see how this feels in the morning. Yeah. And then I'll decide if I want to go again. What's that? What are your plans for Shroomfest? You got anything lined up? I'm in Vegas the first day. I don't know if I'll do them there or not. Uh, it depends if this one other guy comes, one of the comic codes. And then I think we might... Everyone's talking about going to the comedy store in L.A. on Sunday. A lot of people are talking about going and doing there. There might be like 50 people on Shrooms there. I, you know, that's what I was going to bring up was that, you know, the last time I had done them before I, you know, re- got reacquainted, I was like 25. Technology wasn't there. I didn't have a smartphone. I yeah. maybe, I maybe just had just got a cell phone and we're just starting to get some stuff. You know, was yeah. doing stuff on the computer. But the last time I went and took mushrooms, all of a sudden I had this computer on my hip, like a whole bunch of new yeah. technology that felt really things. strange to use. Yeah, I left. I try to leave my phone, or I have before I left my phone, like in the car, just like one because I'm. I'm always afraid that I'm going to get weirded out and just chuck it like it's going to be hot. And I'm going to throw it. Yeah. I don't want to lose my fucking phone. Yeah. <laughs> but then also it's like, yeah, get away from it for a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I had really, I wanted to use it, but every time I like, I would turn it on and I would just look at it and it would just be confusing. Yeah. And not that it confusing in that I didn't know how to use it, but just looking at the screen, I would just get distracted right. and just be like, no, I don't think I'm going to do it. I was glad like that, that when you go to the UFCs, the, once people start coming in, uh-huh. reception, data reception goes down to zero. Like everyone's trying to, you know, put their Twitter updates and stuff like that. It just, you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so eventually you kind of put it away. But I did some acid and went to the UFC and I was glad that all these people came because I knew it's like, you ain't, you ain't posting anything, you ain't posting <laughs> thoughts, you're just, yeah, yeah. nothing. That's, you're not using it. So I would just leave in my pocket and I, only because I couldn't. Yeah. Because it was no, but it was like, that was a good thing for me. Well, hopefully, it'll be really cool to see. I know that you made a, um, a Facebook page. There's uh-huh. a Shroom, Shroom Fest. Fest. If you go to Shroom Fest, there's a and picture of just a red mushroom. There's a hashtag. It'd be really cool if people start posting. Because everyone yeah. has the ability to do a YouTube video at any time. Yeah. They could they could record stuff yeah. and put it up. See, it does still make the sound, even when though it's gotta, recording on the YouTube. Yeah, let you know. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about in. it. Yeah. But it's... Uh, Hopefully people will go through and put some yeah. stuff up. I think if, I'm going to try. You, if you're on Twitter, there, there's this thing you do called hashtags. Everyone that's on there knows what it is. Right. But then you can search just for that hashtag. So if it's about like Super Bowl ads and you want to hear what everyone's saying about Super Bowl ads, just search for that hashtag. And while it's coming up, you'll see what everyone's saying. Right. So Shroomfest is this hashtag. So if you want to follow along, like the day after you do yours, the day before you do yours, see what pictures people are posting. If your friend is just like, like going like this, like you want, want a quarter, five, ten second video... Yeah. Fucking, yeah. Let's all do it sort of together. It would be cool to set up a blog page, too. That I, it, everyone, it would turn into a clusterfuck, though, if you had a blog page that you just like, here's the blog and the password. And just let everyone just... I wonder if there's a way to do it to where you could be selective about... No, I kind of wouldn't want to be. I kind of want... I'm, I'm setting up my, my, my uh, website right now to see if... Uh... Well, you could do like a WordPress blog for free that say, here's the name and password, and everyone can go in and do their own thing. You just, I would be worried people would fuck with other people's posts. Oh, yeah. That would be a problem. That would be a if problem. If someone decided to get douchey and turn everybody's posts into, like... it's not like, I'd love to say, like, no, people are cool with emotions, but it's like, it only takes one person. Yeah. To be a dude, and that kind of ruins everybody's safe feeling. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, it would, would have to get moderated. Yeah, but then, nah. But it could easily, somebody could just delete the whole thing. I want a way where people just post things, but not edit or 
change anything. Almost like a comments, like a long comments thing. Yeah. You know? Just post videos, post pictures, post stories. You know, if you write out a fucking story in five paragraphs, put it up. Well, you there. know, you know what could work is to just if you get people to do it on the Facebook, yeah, to just transfer it over to like a big, like a full blog format. Because you, because it'd be cool to have everything there where people could put their videos. Could I do it as a stories. as a page on my website? I have a blog thing like that. You could make it be like a link, a link to to, to, a, to a yeah, like that's what I do with my blog. Is I just use a WordPress blog because it's easy to it's easy to update, uh-huh. and I just have a link on my web page because the website is always a bitch to update. Yeah, but how do we do it where people couldn't edit anybody's thing? There might I'll I'll look at it and see if there's like a lock, yeah. like if you you could post something and lock it. But I think it would yeah they would have it'd, yeah it'd be difficult. But I think it'd be cool to be able to figure something out yeah. like that to where everyone has a place. To... And you can just see it. I have a link on my on AriTheGreat.com. Okay, um, nice. Uh, for Shroomfest. Nothing's on there yet. Yeah. But that's where it's, I'm going to try to house as much stuff as possible. Last time I did Shrooms, I went and uh, tripped out in the mountains for a while uh-huh. and then drove down to the beach and got in the sensory deprivation tank for the first time. On Shrooms? Um, after my full trip, uh-huh. like probably about the six hour mark okay. after eating yeah, them, done. which was great, man. It was actually wow. ended up being like a relaxing moment because it was a really high stress trip the whole uh-huh. way through you know of course the first one after coming off of like six years is yeah. gonna be like all right you're uh-huh. dealing with all that bullshit now for six years <laughs> but i got in the tank and it was like okay relax now and it actually it was it was super comforting but that the trip made me like oh geez you know just charging like a full eighth to the head was really it was hard to deal with yeah. so this room fest i'm i'm gonna do like a gradual Okay. Or this room fest, like this is yeah. a, this, this, this fifth year this room experience. This yeah. experience, I'm Fortune gonna. Fest. I, I, the plan is to like do slow increments and work it out through the day instead of just like one really hard punch to the face. Yeah, I'm just gonna roll it out and get jabbed all day. That's not bad. That's cool. I'm gonna try different ways. Yeah, why not? I think I think it's gonna be. I might try tea one day. I've never done tea. I never have either, but I always talk shit on it. Like it's like not a good way to do it. Really? Why? I think I don't know. I'm I just being judgmental for no reason. Yeah, you should probably do that. I've had a friend. I was like, I did it. It was great. I was like, okay, that's one for one. Yeah, I mean, it's an it's done. It's been done for ages and ages yeah. that way. It, it makes sense, but it seems like it. My brain tells me that it would like dilute it. Well, I'll tell you this: when you're making pickles and you're setting how hot they are, you put a bunch of peppers into the brine. And at some point, you can eat the peppers, and they're not even hot anymore because all the heat is in that fucking yeah. brine. I bet it makes the mushrooms easier to eat because you eat the mushrooms, right? Well, my like, friends like they didn't even eat the caption stems. They didn't yeah. even do I it because I, I don't would... know if there's nothing left in there or if there oh, is. Really? It's like it's all in the water, just like those chili peppers. Yeah. Huh. You know, I'm not sure. I huh. probably should look online for that. You're. Um, are you interested in other art forms? Were there things coming like growing up that you you do creatively? Like I kind of see. Like we were talking earlier about, I kind of see yeah. com- like doing stand-up on a stage comedy different than even doing like a stage storyteller show. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, well, that that's like, storytelling is like one technique of of stand-up. I think he's gonna come back in. He might. Okay. No, yeah, he probably will put the trash can back. Um, it's like one technique of stand-up. Like um, I, I don't, I, the physicality is something that you use. It's not. It's not a technique, even. It's just a, like a. I don't know what the fuck the word is. 
Well, there seems to be a separation, a, a slight separation. And I think... Yeah. There's also just do straight commentary as, as your stand-up. You know, you can do, like, characters. That's that... Okay, that's what it is. Each one of those is a separate part. So, like, people who do impressions. That's a part of stand-up. So if you're doing an hour, let's say, of stand-up, you might have a couple impressions in there. You might also have a couple stories. You might have a couple commentaries on the, on the government or whatever. But if you're just separating those things, it's just the story, then it's not like a full version of stand-up. But it's fine. It's part of the... I don't know. It's like just doing just watercolors. Well, what about what about the transition to, like, acting? Oh. Do you, are you, you know, do you see a clear delineation between those two things? Yeah, or there's, are you overlap. Able... there's a lot of overlap. But also, like, you're almost always acting when you're on stage. Uh, as yourself, or as the angry version of you, or as a play version of you. Or when you're telling a story, you get that, you lose yourself into that moment. So, so you sort of act out. Is there a sort of separation of self once you're once you get into the like the the comedy zone when you're up there working? No, you're just you. At the best, I'm just me, just sort of talking to them and doing my material, but just sort of saying it. Yeah. But it's like I've done it a thousand times before, or a hundred times, or ten times, whatever. How many times I've done this bit, but to sound like I'm just talking. Yeah. Instead of reciting something. On one level, that's what acting is. Don't just sound like you're like, where are you going to the store today? Like you're reading. Yeah. Like, as if you, the thought would just pop into your head, how would that sound? Well, that's an interesting topic, too, with comedians. And I talked to Tripoli and uh, Teeb about it when they yeah. were down here, is that voice in your head that that comes on while you're performing. Mm-hmm. So I noticed it. I recently became a minister really? because my friends asked me to marry them. So I've been doing... Universal Life Church? Universal Life Church. Yeah, that's how I got married. Nice. Yeah. Do we do we have a secret handshake? I don't think, no. I don't think there is. I'm not. I'm not a Universal Life member, <coughs> um, minister. Just we have one marry us. Oh, okay. I got you. I thought you. Black. I, we got him uh, on I just gave you the secret handshake. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Damn it. Just a fist pound. Yeah. Surprisingly. That's all it is. Just a fist that's pound. That's how easy it is. Yeah. To be For a while, no one did that, so it was like a super secret thing. But now it's like fuck. Well, I had noticed something happening you know because i i made this choice to start taking opportunities that arose instead of talking my way out of them because uh-huh. of fear or like nervousness or whatever so this was one of those things because i i hadn't done public speaking oh, you know okay. i wasn't not that i was that nervous about it but it just wasn't something that i've done so i had no experience so i was like all right just jumping in head first which is something i sort of do it's kind of my personality now okay but i while i was doing the ceremony i noticed this point where it's like all right here's this part coming up like this it almost was like a third voice popping up in my head like i knew i was reading i had my uh, script and my my thing for the thing yeah you're sort of aware of another another voice pops up which you guys are sort of learn to you learn to talk to that guy talk to that voice without looking like you're talking to him Uh uh-huh because you're having an inner dialogue yeah you can't take time out and go okay but but there are things i say where it's like hey as you're doing a story, as you're telling a bit or telling whatever, you're saying, like, talking whatever about George Bush or the whatever the, the thing is you're talking about. And your head is going, hey, that dirty punchline you just used did not go over. The one before that did not go over. Yeah. So this is a non-dirty crowd. So you should try to err on the side of a little cleaner right now. Or if, like, hey, you just happened to say the word fuck and they went ape shit. So it's like, they'll handle anything. So don't yeah. shy away from the darkest stuff you go to. Just fucking go for it. Yeah. So I'm, t- I'm having that dialogue as I'm telling this whatever bit and Chill's trying to say is jovial or is whatever. 
Do you think that's something that we all sort of possess, or that comedians have? I think everybody's got that. You just got to work it out. The, the yeah. ability to, uh, to to talk to that and to talk to other people at the same time. Uh huh. It's just like getting more practice at it. You get better at it. Yeah. Because at first it's just an instinct, and then it's a full on. You can think things out. Yeah, because that's what I noticed. It's like I hear this voice. Yeah. I don't have much control of it, and I've never really recognized this sound coming in yeah. from that direction before. But maybe I'll I'll try to work it out. It started with just a little like a like a quick little like just, a, just yell out a word. Just, it'd be like too dirty, too dirty. That's it. You know, that's all of it. There's no dialogue. There's no conversation with it. It's just too too dirty. And that's it. Yeah. Um. Or you would get an idea for the next bit, like as you're doing this one and wrapping. Like, oh, maybe I'll do this one. I haven't done in fucking five years. Do you think it's subconscious? Do you think it's like a connection to the subconscious? Yeah, but you tap into it. It is a subconscious thing. It's like yeah. Nietzsche says, there's no, you can't make yourself have any thoughts. So every thought you have is just independent of yourself. Like you say, think of a, a red elephant. So now I'm thinking of a red elephant. But where did the idea come to say, think of a red elephant? You can't make yourself do anything because each thought is just on its own, just a whim. You know, so yeah, maybe it's is that, that that's sub, subconscious, and yeah, I guess you're tapping into it. Yeah, if you know. if you put a name on it, and some people, you know, maybe that's where creativity comes from too. Is that like listening to that voice? Yeah, like get it, or even be able to just become in tune with it. Yeah, or to work with it, because I think if you know, we all talk in our heads while we're doing shit. A lot of times that stresses people out. That causes yeah, a lot thousand of things going on at all times. Yeah, I pass that Ferrari dealership next door. And it's like, okay, it's the, these are nice cars, it's 70 degrees outside, it's sunny, uh, I'm on a sidewalk, uh, there's a car driving by. It's like you're you're taking in everything all at once. Your brain's a supercomputer, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's, and then you have to decide which ones you pay attention to or not. You know? And decide which ones just completely just drop out of there. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> edibles fully kicked in now. Did you, did you have some edibles today? Danita made me one yesterday, but I was like really tired, so I don't want to. I didn't want to waste it. Yeah. So I was like, let me wait until, um, because I don't. I don't like doing them just when I'm gonna sleep, you know. Yeah. Right. So uh, I was like, let me wait on it, and then um, yeah, I took it today on way over here. Nice. You gotta let me know how those candies work out. Okay. I uh, I picked those up from my boys at uh, Organic Aid. Organic Aid. Yeah. I'm trying take to take care of me over there. Really? Yeah. Is that like your sponsorship? No, fuck, I'm, I'm saying it just now since I got them that maybe they'll start... I want to get a dispenser to sponsor my podcast. How great is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, it would have to go with... Here's the things I want as a sponsor. One, be something completely unrelated to me at all. Chevy, something like that. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not for it or against it. That's yeah. fun. You want to buy a Chevy? That's cool. I don't, you know? <laughs> sure. Or something that wouldn't go against what I do. So it wouldn't be sort of like Church of Latter-day Saints. I'd be like, I can't do that. I can't <laughs> yeah, of course. Be a sponsor for more. or so those will have to deny it. Or the ones that go completely with what I do, like a dispensary, is like, yes, I'll stand by that. But I'm not going to say your stuff is good if it's not. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so say. give me the good shit, and I'll fucking push it. That's what I man. I'm totally honest with all those guys because I know it's like sometimes you don't want to hurt their feelings yeah. a little bit because you know some of them put in the time to grow it. It's like mm-hmm. I don't. Let's stop recording. That's all right. Uh, it hurts me so bad. It only stopped recently, I think. No, but it's not going to fucking save now. Did it the to whole me. thing's not going to save? Well, that's... See this? This is... Oh, backup. Backup. Because it did this to me before. What did it do? That's why I kept checking. It just... It's froze? froze the program. You have everything else shut down? Yeah, it's just... Some of those things take all the power. 
So when I heard Red Band talk. God. And that's, I have some battery issues going on. With oh, this. really? This is a donated computer. That sucks if you can't trust it to record and you start worrying about it the whole time. But it just worked. It worked the last time. Fuck. That makes me so sad. All right. Well, we got this. Yeah. And you, what I ended up doing last time was I had the Ustream playing, but that Ustream sound is not going to be the best. Oh, really? Well, well, this good. this is this yeah. is actually really good. I'm just, this that was, was all donated to the podcast too really? by some by some It's got multi-directional. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it sounds really good, and I I've, I use it just as the backup, which is we're talking about the Tascam that I got. But that oh, it's like, did you notice I kept looking back to yeah. see to make That's sure. That's why I could see it. I was like, oh yeah, we're recording. I thought you were looking at the time or something. I saw your eyes change when it. The yeah, back like, of the thing is like, that? yeah, that doesn't look like the face of recording. <laughs> it would be so nice if it just, yeah, see, every time I... Pop back on, it ain't going to start. It's going to say, application not responding. Yeah. Well, let's <laughs> um, let's plug your stuff. Okay. I feel devastated. So, Shroomfest, first and foremost. Yeah, most June important. 18th, 19th, and 20th. Hashtag Shroomfest. Hashtag Shroomfest. Go to the Shroomfest Facebook page, and there'll be a link on there on, on from my from my website or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Ari the Great, and go to we'll figure out a way to post. But I want to have this kind of all done together, so everyone figure out who you want to do them with, people you feel safe with, and just fucking do them. Let's all do them together. And if there's any sort of like you get connected with the spirit stuff that I don't believe in, but if any of that shit is true, I feel like we'll be more likely to find out if. It's all over the world. People in Holland are doing it, in England and Australia. Tons of people in Australia are doing it. So to see Canada. if that, that mind connection thing yeah, works. Yeah, like we're all doing it at the same time. We're all doing them together for this purpose. Well, there's something very strong about that. I talk about it quite a bit, like the way when a natural disaster hits, when mm-hmm. everybody's thinking about the same thing, yeah. there's a weird bond that occurs that's something different than our normal fucking five senses. What it is, I fuck, I don't know. There's occasional thought that people have had that they... And I don't, I don't believe in that stuff, so I hate to use certain words, but, like, the universe, it sounds very uh, metaphysical. But just, like, in general, just, like, the world we know has opened itself up to obtaining a certain amount of information. Just, like, you weren't allowed to get this information before, and now you are. Like, and the one story I love is the radio. The actual radio was invented in, I believe, Russia and England, like, a few days apart from each other. On their own, independent of each other. This is back in the day before they didn't have radio. Yeah, there was no yeah. way to communicate. Right. Um, and they were both invented separately. And that's just the world being able to go like, okay, you guys can have this information now. And the people that are willing to fucking get it, suddenly, okay, now I got it. Yeah. There are people that are researching it and going for it. Uh, that's There's a that, few cases of that. That hundredth monkey theory, which I, I don't know that? if it's... it's uh, that, you know, there was a group of monkeys that need, they had to... It was... I think it was on an island that had nuclear problems. They taught some scientists taught one monkey to clean the oh. clean the um, coconut off before yeah. they ate it, and or they taught like five of them. Once five of them did it, ten of them started to do it, and once they hit a certain point, everybody, all the monkeys on the island, Start these doing. segregated monkeys, knew knew to go wash the okay. the things, and then it's that idea that okay, and whether it's we learn from example. So what's the hundredth monkey? Uh, it's once the maybe it's once the hundredth monkey then learns, everybody, then, then everybody, everybody knows. knows. Yeah. I think that's what because it won't be. Stopped. I might be fucking up the okay, theory, but, that's but the idea. It's, okay, 
people could fuck on Wikipedia. Yeah, once it sort of starts, it just everybody gets it. Yeah, and so maybe there's that connection because I know I've seen it for sure. We've had a lot of bad fires here in San uh-huh. Diego, especially I live in the East County, which gets devastated by them quite a bit. Yeah, it's pretty rural still, and uh, and a lot of dry brush and shit. And <clears throat> I walked into a store that was maybe a mile away from these fires. And I could tell that everybody was 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 thinking about the fires that are my way. Like, oh, what's happening over there? Like, everybody had it on their mind. You couldn't yeah, because uh-huh, the yeah. whole area is full of smoke. There's ash falling. You, you think that kept the fires going? The, the what? You think that kept the fires going? Like Freddy No, Kruger? no. What I think is that once everybody everybody else kind of knew that everybody was thinking about the fires, yeah. there was a friendliness, like a brotherhood uh, right. that occurred, like a bond. Around Christmas time, it's the same thing. People get nicer. Sure. In congregations, we see it in Christian congregations. Everyone's reading the same, or any congregation, mm-hmm. really. Everyone's reading the same text. They're, they're saying in, the same. In Judaism, like God, there's certain prayers you would say if you have more than 10 men. If you have less, If you have less than 10 men... You, you can't say certain prayers. Yeah, it's a minion. You have to have it because they're like, it's not that God's more likely to listen, but it's sort of, yeah, God's more likely to listen if you, if you all get together. It's like a petition. It's like 10 batteries put together against yeah. one battery, like the one on my computer. That ain't coming back in, man. You can let it keep no, going, but that ain't coming I, back no, in. No, I know. It's, it, I have to quit it and it's going to go, no, save. <laughs> and you're like, no, yes, save. <laughs> yes, save, please. And you're like, no, we can't do that for you. All right, cool. But and yeah, uh, so, yeah, let's do that. And then, Shroom Fest. Shroom Fest. I got my storyteller show in LA. The next one's on the 23rd. I think it's going to be family or something along those lines, or childhood. Your website is Ari the Great? Ari the Great or Ari Shafir. They both go to the same place. It's being sort of rebuilt right now, so it's it's looking similar to how it'll be, but it's not done yet. I'm trying to make a good job. On Twitter at Ari Shafir, yeah. Cool. And, uh, and all that junk. All right. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down with me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, brother. Thanks,